podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. Hey. 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 Uh, time uh, about an hour and twenty. Yeah, swans, he swans, really in. To, yeah. swans in. Yeah, swans in late, and this has got to go to IKEA. So we can we keep it quick? So if you're wondering at home while we're racing through things, it's yeah, while this pod's fifteen minutes long, yeah, it's because the lawyer has to go to IKEA. Well, I, I think if I will get a slew of comments after saying, "Can you go to IKEA more often?" because it cuts it down a bit. <laughs> uh, okay, so why, why are you going to IKEA? Well, why not? Got some stuff to buy. Now. Wait, have you? That's, that's, that's a flat pack four. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, the tone for the pod has been set. Uh, no, no, I've got to buy some stuff for the house. Funnily enough. Good. Okay. Right. Um, we've got a packed pod today. We've got a very well, special guest. It's short. <laughs> yeah, we're just cramming it all in. It's <laughs> a huge amount of stuff. But just it's going to be at the twice the speed of normal. Um, coming up later on, we've got Soy Briggs, who is director of community development at the Palace for Life Foundation. Indeed. Can be coming on telling us some uh, important work that the foundation is doing. In relation to that, Palace, uh, the foundation have got a play on the pitch event mm-hmm. coming up on the 19th of May, 1pm uh, kickoff, beer festival at the same time. Sounds like it could be an interesting combination. Yeah. Uh, For those of us watching, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially if the poor goalkeeper did this, what he did last year in the opening minutes and do a terrible ricket. Okay. So we brought everybody. The word went out really quickly that was, the keeper was dodgy. So suddenly there's three thousand people sitting watching the game. <laughs> so I probably only paid two hundred quid for that pleasure of being yeah. abused by a bunch of st- well, drunk South Londoners. He was a big yeah. lad. Okay. Money well spent. Um, so there's a bit, there's a bit of information here. Uh, you'll get to wear the famous red and blue stripes uh, of Palace as well as uh, what about if you can change go? in the, well, whatever you want. Change in the dress room alongside legends Andy Johnson and Sasser Churchich. Yeah. Oh, very good. Two absolute legends. A raffle prize. Uh, will entitle you to play right back during the second half of the game alongside uh, churches. So yeah, that's well, the this, place that's up for grabs. This is the important bit, is because it's an auction. The place is being auctioned, but uh, the foundation and the club both feel that, as we've discussed, that not everybody in South London has got the money to you know, 
bid for places on the pitch. Yeah. So this place is, is being raffled. So I'm not entirely sure. We we'll probably have to listen again next week to work out how we're doing the tickets thing. But this is so people can pay a very small amount of money to go into a raffle to get the place. Because but they go right back. They have to what play. They're a really good striker. They're like, oh, what the competition? I should go up front. Well, they can. They can be. If they need representation. I'll do that one. Pro they can be flexible. <laughs> they can be the sort of right, as we found with our left back. Our left back was on the edge of the box, so they can. They can be. The, they can be a rampaging right back. Okay, very good. I wish yeah. I didn't have more admin to do because that would be a seamless link yeah. into uh, the game of the weekend. Anyway, or do the admin later and then pretend it was a seamless link. <laughs> I'm uh, just looking at Soy's face. It's obviously slightly less professional than Soy thought it was going to be. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, told I don't it was know like, what gave him that idea. I told it was like a radio show. <laughs> it is like a sort of radio show, a very bad radio show. Um, anyway, go to palaceforlife.org to find out more about that. And Soy will be here later on to tell us more about the brilliant work that the foundation is doing. A couple more bits of admin. Uh, do you remember we were giving away Vince Hilaire's book? Yes. Some listeners. Uh, I've got the winners oh. of that. Who won JD? Trying like a drum roll or something, Mr. or like a move of Portsmouth. The question was that's Vince with a the V. The question was uh, where was the first ever FYP podcast recorded, and the answer was Kevin. Well, I, I, we just you said it was after. Come the, on, it, after not the in forest, forest. Yeah, Nottingham, yeah. forest away. Yeah, yeah not. It was just away. you were the only guest on a yeah. Fisher Price, and it was the best pod we've ever done. <laughs> um, the winners are Nick Timotheo. Hi Nick. Hi Nick. Congratulations, Nick. Martin Patrick. Well, Hi Martin. Well, well done. Martin. Well and Husey, whose Twitter account is at ljhughes seventeen. Oh, oh well done, oh, Husey. So well yeah. done. We will be in contact with all of you to uh, to let you know how to get your prize. Final bit of admin before we go to IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> is um, we've got some FIP t-shirts to give away, which Wolf are power. the Wolf Power t-shirts. Wolf power. What do they look like? They look well. They got Wolf on the front, obviously. Um, the design was from the FIP. Ooh, Issue 49 or 48 or something? I can't remember. It was a front cover issue. We thought it was so good, we stuck it on a T-shirt. Um, obviously, in keeping with the fact that Wilf is our best player at the moment and, and doing his bitch to keep us up. We've got three to give away, I think. Mm-hmm. To be able to chance of, of getting one, we're going to put a tweet with the picture of the T-shirt on. Are you, you going to put it on someone manly before you tweet it, or are you just going to do it out of the box? What are you talking about? Well, you can see these muscles right here. That's why I, I got the extra I, small one. Before people try and win this prize I should point out that I think there's been a mistake on the labels because it may say XL but out of the spirit of research I tried one on which is why JD's the one wearing it in in the picture yes Kevin it's the t-shirts that are wrong <laughs> anyway so I was going to engage your services as a lawyer because clearly something's gone wrong here well, somewhere there, there we go <laughs> we're going to put a picture of the t-shirts on Instagram Facebook and Twitter all you got to do is uh, retweet on Twitter uh, share it on Facebook or uh, like it on Instagram and you'll go into the draw with the t-shirts that's the admin done really <laughs> only took 15 minutes so yeah, let's talk about the Bournemouth game at the weekend um, we've had questions about that already actually so I'm just going to dive straight in Carl Mortimer hi Carl says I'll put this to Kevin subs question mark discuss please well I have to declare an interest in that I was in Poland and uh, the sports bar we went into uh, did very kindly find an illegal feed uh, but we had to be in there at 11 o'clock in the morning and it was a pound a pint so by the time kickoff came round, uh, and you know I get really nervous anyway, I went for a walk for a lot of it, and then a lot of it was about thirty-five seconds behind. So I didn't get the substitutes thing. Is something we've talked about quite a lot. In that, Roy Hodgson seems to be very good at changing the team, at bringing subs on, at changing tactics if we're losing a game, but is resistant to any sort of change to try and see a game out. I 
saw the Twitter debate when I got back, both sides of the argument. I have to say, it doesn't really matter who's on the pitch at the end. If you've got five defenders going for one ball mm-hmm. and one defender covering the back post where they've got three players, and that's whatever players on the pitch should be able to cope with that situation. The players we had on the pitch should have been good enough to see the situation out. His, his tactics are obviously to try and get one more goal to make the game safe, but I do understand that... The, the logic is I agree with it I think you should try and make changes certainly the Man United game was the glaring one when we're tuning up you know, bring a, f- a forward off shore up the midfield especially when we talked about the lack of energy but it's it's, it's not going to change I mean that seems to be his policy but interesting to, it's not it's not something that the media seem to be picking up on it's not a question it's, it just, Palace to, fans, it's just Palace fans who seem to yeah. notice it it's, it's It'd be interesting to hear from fans of other clubs as to whether that was his. It's always been his. Yeah, his practice. That would be interesting, actually. Yeah. But when you look at the bench and you see the quality we have, because you know, around Christmas the argument was, well, who's he going to bring on? Well, this is the thing. Yeah. After the game, Roy was asked about it, and he said, "I had plenty of defensive options on my bench, yeah. but I didn't have enough attacking options." Andy, now, how do you think Chung Lee will feel about that? Well, bearing in mind he was on the bench on Saturday. Probably be delighted still to be here on uh, a Premier League footballer's <laughs> wage, frankly. <laughs> Uh, it was a slightly odd and tetchy and terse response from Roy as we're kind of used to at the moment but I mean you look at the stats since he took over we've made the fewest substitutions of any team on average and I think about a rate of between 1.1 and 1.8 I can't recall the precise number Um, but we are bottom of the league in that regard and there's been a period where fans said well it's just down to not having the, the options available and certainly there was a period of about four matches where you looked at the bench and um, even as ardent Crystal Palace fans who do a podcast once a week I hadn't heard of some of them yeah, yeah. fortunately some of them ended up being awesome like Aaron Wambisaka yeah. but <laughs> some of them obviously haven't made their way onto the pitch and probably for good reason but there's just this tendency that Roy seems to have where when we go ahead in games he is passive I don't know whether that's just because he trusts in the shape that he's instilled into the team, whether he thinks that they are or should be disciplined enough to be able to see out a match, which I have some sympathy with, or whether he just freezes a bit. I don't know which it is. Um, I mean, there's an element of hindsightery to all of this, as Adam said on the... that word? Well, I've just made it a word. Hindsight. Hindsightery. No, no. Hindsight would have been a perfectly good option. Well, no, people, yeah, people, say, people say, what about her? But when you charged by the, the people, second, just people, add letters on. People in my company might say, what about her once, but they wouldn't say it again. Uh, well, I've, anyway, just, I've just, just invented this word, hindsight. Well, you're a lawyer, you can Thank invent you very much. get money. Uh, well, long, um, yeah, longer words. As, more money. as Adam said on the <laughs> FYP sales cast after the match. That, <laughs> <laughs> he will but, love that. He will love that. Um, you know, it's quite easy with the benefit of hindsight to go, well, you know, if we had changed it then, this would happen. And if changes had been made earlier and we conceded thereafter, we would have said, oh, well, it's down to the changes being terrible yeah. changes. So there's, there is an element of that. But equally, when you've got that array of defensive options on your bench and you don't make the change and you're tiring a little bit and you don't even take the steps to try and break up the match, I think you're going to probably invite some sort of criticism and it's, I'm not surprised that some people end up criticising him because of it I thought that was the, the, the strangest part of that comment was he said about having defensive options because I mean that's what we're asking him for we're not saying the question wasn't why didn't you bring more attackers on the question was why didn't you bring more defenders on and he said well I've got defensive options so yes we know that's why we're asking the question <laughs> but also you, how many times do you hear pundits it's Steve McManaman's almost his catchphrase it's when a, a team goes a goal up even an attacking team they go a goal it says get the players behind the ball the start. Look at the starting position of the forwards, and and there's so many times that he, it's, as I say, it's difficult. What the circumstances we're watching it, where you still see we're two one up, and you still see, you still see Will Fernandros 
ahead of the ball, which is in a way is very positive because uh, if you go three one, you think we'll win the game. But at the same time, get them. But as it all comes back to, it's like it's the defending at the corner was shot. Def- defending at set pieces is is poor. And the, the fact the three of them, I mean, there were five of them in, in the area of the ball. Three of them went for it took themselves out of the game and, and missed it and it was just such a simple goal that's the annoying thing and said that you could have had 11 Damien Delaney's on it that wouldn't have made any difference you, Richard, yeah. Richard Bushell actually hi Richard uh, has a question about that he says rather than turning corners how should we be defending them <laughs> well better than we are that's the we've conceded far too many this good, season it's a good question I mean, well the conceding them I don't see how you can prevent yourself conceding corners in a way but it's it's when you it's how you defend them because it's something that we've been re- reasonably good at and it's something you'd think a manager is obsessed with organisation yeah and we've got defend- but you can organise a defence can't you you can organise yeah. your team to defend and sometimes players just switch off yeah you and can't, like, you can't get, legislate for that no, as a manager you can't, you can't. No. E- equally I, th- I think there's always this tendency amongst football fans you find your one reason you're going to stick to and you don't allow the possibility of there being any other factors that come into play and yeah, I, I think sometimes you have to look at it and go look there's lots of things at play here the, the finishing wasn't good enough you know Patrick Van Arnhart yeah, is yeah. a very clear one-on-one that yeah. he, he, he would be disappointed not having put away um, the defending from that corner from a good few of them from, from Aaron Wambasaka yeah. the near post from Mamadou Sake getting drawn towards James Tonkins from plenty of them at that corner is not good enough we lost the ball because of uh, Luca perhaps not switching on quite as much in possession in that final few minutes and we didn't you know, do various things that we could have done to close the match out even without making subs but we should have probably made some subs too so there's, there's lots of things that but play it's, into it's also a result like that the nature of the disappointment is down to the timing of the goal it's like before the game we're all talking about is if would, would we take a point? Oh, yeah. absolutely we'd take a point if we'd equalised if we'd made it to all with a minute to go we'd all be saying what a brilliant comeback yeah. performance it's yeah. because we conceded the goal in such a soft fashion both goals were although the first goal to be fair was a really good hit but it's the nature of that so we're disappointed the fact is it's a really good away point against a team with a fairly decent home record well a team that have only lost two of the last 15 yeah it's easy to to forget as well how badly we started that match we were absolutely appalling for about the first 10 minutes and gave them about three nailed on clear cut chances and it's very easy when you've ended the game in the manner that we did where you've gone 2-1 2-1 up in the 81st minute and you can see it's so late to forget the fact that you know there are ebbs and flows in every match Yeah, and also and some should, of them went know, against us some of them went for us Yeah, let's, let's talk about the free kick which was magnificent and yeah. Wilf's goal deflection or not doesn't really matter the, yeah. the control and the pace and the skill he showed when he had four or five defenders around him yeah. was remarkable can I just say we could go back to the corner quickly uh, the best reaction to it was Aaron Rambasaka going straight on Twitter or, or Instagram Owning up to losing his man at the back post. Really sort of mature reaction from a young man who's only played seven games in the first no, I don't game. think he really needed to do that. I know that fans like it, but I mean, you're going to make mistakes at, at that sort of job. And I don't think you really need to. I, I, I think it's endearing. Yeah, but you're a lawyer. Oh yeah, I'd never admit your mistake. Mis- I might get mis- sued for it. Yeah, your, your mistakes are more far-reaching. <laughs> no, I have to try and qualify yeah. why they're not a mistake and why, in other circumstances, no, they might have led to a good outcome. I, th- I think fans do it. I think it's something that fans always remember. I don't think yeah, you have I to like do it, it all the time, but I think yeah. you. And I don't know. It's all you, you presume he's one of the rare players that's managing his own social media in that case, because mostly, yeah. if he's got somebody doing it for him, they'd suggest that he didn't send that. I imagine yeah. fans like honesty, don't they? They like, they they, like they expect. I mean, players expect it. You know, the first thing that happens in dressing room, so I'm told, is that you know the players made a mistake will throw his hands up at, and admit it, or he'll be told in no uncertain terms by the players that he made a mistake. So, yeah. 
I think it's I think it's fair enough to do that. I think I don't think I think Andy's right. I don't think you should have to do it in, in every circumstances. I also think it wasn't as big a mistake that that needed to be apologised for. But I don't think it was the wrong thing to do. No. Um, a few more questions then. Art Vandelay thirty two. Hi, Hi Art. Art. Says with twenty minutes of the pod left, will you bring in some new presenters <laughs> to see you through, or will you huff and puff until the very end? Well, the trouble is we haven't got a lot of quality on the bench. <laughs> I'm looking Poor at, Enders. I'm looking at the people we've got on the bench. Enders can't do the whole ninety minutes anymore. No, he's the kabai of the pod. He he's, he's the he's he's. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard Ender Coffee compared to Yoda and Kabai. Probably the last. But it is. It, I, I think it's a very valid topic of discussion for Palace fans, especially yeah. when we've. We've talked on every pod about the running out of energy in the last mm-hmm. twenty minutes. It wouldn't. It would be interesting to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure once we stay up and Roy's talking at various functions, he will happily talk to people about it. But well, can I can I ask you a question then? Of course you may. Uh, from Seki Monkey Face. Hi Seki. Hi Seki. He's right. the one who got the tattoo. Tattoo. Yeah. Which oh, okay. I do have a picture of, which I was I will show you later. It's very good actually. He didn't like any of our suggestions, so went for his own one. Went for Kayla. Oh, did he? Yeah. What, I prefer I preferred the idea of our faces on his. Well, that's yeah. On I, his legs. I, I, no, we suggested our face on his face. On his face, yeah. We suggested he tattooed full size tattoo of Endicott. Anyway, tattoo with Kayla. Kayla, yeah, it's impressive actually. Yeah, it's nice. Says, do you think Kayla's an impressive eagle? Which one? Do you think the nerves of not being able to finish a game will creep in, just as not scoring has for Benteke? Is it simply a mental problem? Hmm. I, I think in that tiredness leads you to make mistakes it's a mental problem probably I, I don't think I don't think it's a cultural problem at the club I don't think we're incapable of seeing games out I mean it's a concern that we are conceding goals because we went through a phase of doing that earlier in the season and then we went through a phase of, of not doing it in fact of scoring ourselves reasonably late but I don't think there's a we're unable to see games out. I think we should be seeing it as a decent point against a half decent side. I mean certainly them and Leicester are the two hardest teams in our in our running and they're not the hardest of games. So oh, it's an interesting angle around, isn't it? Like so much of football is psychological and about focusing and, and holding out and maybe Palace do have a slight problem with that. Um I think there's sometimes an inclination to read too much into certain things when there isn't really that pattern there and frankly if you're conceding late against Tottenham and against Manchester United probably more because Tottenham and Manchester United have some very good footballers than and, because and they ran yeah, us ragged for and they ran us ragged and, minutes, yeah. and you just don't with all the will in the world and with all the mental strength in the world you can't force your body to do what it's not going to because you're all tired mm-hmm. um, apart from in certain circumstances that you know if you happen to throw your body at the ball you can do that but you're not necessarily going to be able to recover two yards of pace for example on someone and you look at recent weeks took a lead against Huddersfield and we were able to keep it in fairly mature and professional manner so if if this specific thing had been happening time and again to teams that we would look at and say we'd earmark that as being a potential possibility to, to get some points and we'd done that over and over and over I'd say yeah it was a problem the fact it's happened against Two of the best teams in the league and and away at Bournemouth. Well, and also because really... Bournemouth Bournemouth score a lot of goals for a team in their position, mm-hmm. they throw a lot into attack. As as you saw, I mean the the PVA chance came about because Bournemouth pulled everybody yeah. forward. They they're a t- sort of team that will go looking for a winner. I think the last thing you want is to see Palace go a goal up fifteen minutes, twenty minutes in, and then try and sit on it for the rest of the game. I and mean, 
it's like you know Cardiff have been sailing merrily along all season you know, eking out 1-0 wins and suddenly missed two penalties in a minute against Wolves and then lose a goal four minutes from time last night they, they, they haven't suddenly changed you know culturally suddenly become a team that can't defend the lead and I don't think Palace have done either I think I think it's a talking point in the middle of a fairly decent performance good okay well we'll have more talking points after this you like that one yeah, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. For, the, for the purposes of this pod, Your Honour, I am nodding. I'll take that one. I'll give it a five and a half out of ten. Yeah, I and, just a, and Andy three five and a half is actually five and a half out of ten from Street. It's above average. If, um, if he was a judge on Strictly, he'd be even. Craig and River Hall would be going, mate. Come on, lighten up, give him some points. What's the matter with you? Good. Okay, so after the break, we're going to be joined by Soy Briggs from the Palace for Life Foundation. So, Johnson, a bit. Podcast. Hey. Hey. Pod 52 sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board you need. Go to Vector.co.uk. Vector with Okay. Hey. Hey. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultant. From South London, visit jc-is.com. I will. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nicely done. He's been pacing up and down getting ready for that. <laughs> like it's fair to say, he nailed it. Um, that well, is the voice. People ask for... for People coming off the bench. So there you fresh go. legs, yeah. Here we go. Fresh go. legs. <laughs> By the end of the post, the, the podcast, you'll be hosting it. Soy <laughs> um, nice. Briggs. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for, for having on. me. Yeah, top man, top man. So, um, we're going to talk about the Palace for Life Foundation. Yeah. Uh, we've got quite a few questions from our listeners as well. Um, before we get to those, though, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the Palace for Life Foundation. Okay, so um, it's quite an unorthodox approach. Um, I came in through a, a very different route, so I'm not a coach as such, I wasn't a player, um, but I kind of, 20 odd years ago, trained as a social worker, uh, working with children and families. Um, done that for a while, moved across to youth work, and it's while I was doing youth work with young people where you can sort of have more of a uh, impact on their lives that um, got involved in uh, delivering um, FA level one training courses Mm -hmm. um, to young people that are disadvantaged and from disadvantaged areas and disadvantaged groups and we were linked at that time because it was in Southwark we were linked to Millwall was the local club. Um, so, so the idea was really to use um, the power of sport at that time through youth work. It was very innovative at the time, back in 2000, 2001, to um, use sport to engage positively those that are um, hard to reach, uh, diseng- disengaged, disenfranchised, um, living in areas of deprivation and so on. So the idea that they could become a football coach for a potentially any club was appealing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the link up with Mill was very useful in so much as it uh, made me realise how powerful sport can be actually in working in this particular area. Um, so a number of years we had really strong relationships with them and uh, the work was heard by... Uh, Fulham, who at the time were setting up their uh, foundation, their social inclusion department in particular, uh, and I was approached to come on board and and help support that. I'd done that for about six years as head of operations across 
working across the all of the community um, sections. And um, more recently, in about 2013, uh, it's when um, a role came up at Palace. Yeah. Now, I'm a local boy, so, you know, I live in Lambeth, I live down the road, and, you know, um, to the idea of uh, coming to, to work 15 minutes away from where I live with a team that actually, uh, in my youth, they were the ones that were doing community work in Lambeth, mm-hmm. particularly they were working out of places like um, Brixton, Ferndale Road, youth centres and so on. Uh, so <clears throat> the idea appealed to me. So I'd done my best, prepared myself, and um, so basically came you on board. Mill, you were at Millwall, you saw the light. <laughs> <laughs> you did the right thing. Uh, via via, um, via, via, via Fulham, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so I came in 2013. Um, at the time we had, you know, they, Palace has always had a good, good reputation of being a family club, and it's always had a great reputation of the work that it's been doing in the communities. Um, and I have seen and witnessed some of that as a child growing up. So the idea that I could come and help try and influence the direction of the foundation and the work that we're doing and the impact that we're having on young people mm-hmm. was really appealing to me. So uh, coming across, we only had, I think, 10 full-time staff at the time and 20 sessional coaches. And the idea between myself and my colleagues in, in the foundation was to grow um, what is now Palace for Life Foundation into one of the best um, community foundations basically in the country and now how many full-time staff is there so now we uh we're about 48 yeah. full-time oh, staff they got, they got now. a better spot than Palace and, well. and about <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm more because that's the one because I got involved as a trustee about a year ago and I had no idea of a the scale in terms of how many people work but also the reach in terms of how far we reach into mm. the community and how the the range of programs that yeah. I've done that's what I talked right. about but mm. also frustratingly it's still nowhere near nowhere near enough I mean you no. need you need 10 clubs the size of Palace in, mm-hmm. in South London and Croydon to really to I mean we're making a big impact but to really make yeah. a huge difference but it's 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 as a Palace fan it just one it makes you more proud of being a Palace fan mm. just seeing what what happens on a daily basis and, and like so it's in sport football you can't believe the impact football has it's like yeah. the kids who show no interest in anything at all mm. will suddenly become disciplined and focused because they've got a chance to be involved yeah. in a football club and that's and sometimes that's it's not all they need but for a lot of the kids that is what they need discipline yeah. and focus and and what's brilliant about a foundation is how many people the actual staff and the coaches are from yeah. South London yeah. Yeah. it makes such a big difference because people like me and I'll, this will be a large mm-hmm. thing it's like people like me I can't understand the lives of a young South London mm-hmm. Afro-Caribbean but I don't, I know, so all I can do is raise the money to give it to people who can understand mm-hmm. so that's and for a lot of people listening that's the important thing that's how we want people to get involved I think one of the key things for us is is people understanding the actual range of work that we actually do in the community you know they 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 see us in the community as a community coach and they think okay it's just football that we we're doing out there but you know we have a whole range of programs that cover a whole range of issues which are quite important in society as well, you know. So things like, you know, health and, and we have issues around obesity and um, young people at the moment. Um, we have issues around um, uh, violence, youth violence, which is quite pertinent here in Croydon. Mm. Um, you know, we have, we believe we have got moral obligations to at least begin to try and address some of these mm-hmm. uh, uh, issues. We have employment programmes trying to bring young people that 
are disadvantaged or disenfranchised closer to the labour market, giving them skills, CV writing, interview skills, work experience, um, accredited training courses, etc., to help build esteem, confidence, um, to enable them to go out there in the world. So, you know, our mantra is we, we're here to help young South Londoners grow mm. using using sport as the as the as the tool and using the power of Palace to really influence yeah. you know the power of the badge the badge is really really powerful yeah. in so much as you can bring you know you can unite young people under the under the badge and under the name of such an iconic club that's here in the community and you know you've got to we've got to give credit to all of our our staff they are very very passionate they are a lot of them are very local and you know they some of them even have grown come up through the programs mm -hmm. so they were participants engaged on the programs and have come through and are now full-time workers um, being able to give back to the communities the types of uh, 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 work that was done to them to get them to where they are in the first place. Well, there's, there's one girl in particular that we that we talk about. It's on the website. We mm. use a girl called Angel, who's had a. I won't put words in her mouth, but her stories on the on the website. She had a very tough upbringing yeah. and was very resistant to any sort of help or change. Yeah, that's correct. And the the foundation was so so persistent with her and so they could it would be easy to walk away from her and go right fair you know see you in prison but basically the foundation stuck to it and she's she works for the club now she's a coach yeah. now and she's and and it's brilliant because young people look at her and go well I was in that situation yeah I, mm. I, I was from that estate I knew you know I had the, the same lack of opportunity and then she she ended up doing this and it's brilliant yeah. mm. but aren't these and we were talking off air about this aren't these all this stuff, work that you do, to me, sounds like the exact thing that all football clubs should be doing. It's, it's almost common sense. It's exactly what clubs that put themselves in a community should be doing to help people there. Well, I, yeah, I agree. I think yeah, all, all the clubs do have, all the Premier League clubs at least, have foundations, um, community arms um, that, that go out and do, do work in the communities. Um, whether they all do it for the right reasons or not, I, I, I don't, I can't answer that. But what I do know is that um, Crystal Palace and um, Palace for Life Foundation are very passionate about the community that it um, is embedded in, and we try and engage as best as we can those in 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 Croydon, the Bromley. And, and how, how important is a foundation though, for a club like Palace that really embeds itself in the community? You know, mm. we talk about the South London image and mm. being proud of where you're from. Mm. I guess that makes a foundation even more important for a club like Palace. Yeah, and it's and it, may, it means that we are we're actually stay we stay down to earth. I mean, we 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 engage um, upwards of thirteen thousand young people a year. Wow. In our programs, um, you know, uh, we have a, our primary stars program. Schools is in uh, primary schools. It's part of a national drive to to um, engage young people. But you know, that kind of work is five thousand of young people that we're working with in in primary schools. So these these young people are seeing our coaches going in day in day out. Some coaches are actually based in schools. Uh, other coaches may just go in for for particular um, pieces of work around the curriculum and so on. So, you know, for us, the impact can be absolutely huge. We have other... So well, also as well, because, I mean, Steve Parrott, the, the, the foundation and the club are technically separate entities. So yeah. the, the club are their own, but the club are very, very supportive. And Steve Parrish is totally committed to the foundation and, yeah. and to the community, but also he's sensible enough to know that we've got a new stadium coming up. We've got extra tickets to sell. He's, he knows that it helps... It helps in that issue as well. It helps if you go if you're helping families. If, if the community see the club doing the right thing, they go, oh, I might I might go along and see what it's like mm -hmm. 
inside the ground because I'm being helped by the fan. I'll go and see what a game is like. And it's like, because my ambition, and it, they, it drives them mad because I, I just, con- I'm going on about it constantly, is that Sellers Park should be open every day. Yeah. There should be something happening at Sellers Park every day. There's an old people's like dining club and games club, which is, is great, but it should be well-man clinics there, there should be well-woman yeah, clinics, yeah. there should be drop-in centres for yeah. kids. Yeah. We're working with Samaritans to get them an office once a fortnight so that people who have health issues can go in and do it. And yeah. it's, it's, it's so sensible. are there any plans for you know, the new standards? Yeah, we've got... Is there any plans for... Well, the we, we yeah. know that um, the, we all have a, a space in, in the new stadium and cool. I think for us, um, we're, we're brimming at the seams at the moment in terms of space and... Um, if we can um, have a, a larger s- space, we can do more work. We can do. We can work with more young mm. South Londoners. Uh, we can have a wider impact. We can employ more more um, staff to go out there and do do this work. And you know, we can actually use the stadium as a focal point for the community to come in and engage with us um, more. That's so, what it should be. Isn't which exactly is, what it should be. It is. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we do it as it is. In the current um, stadium, we, we use um, the, the lounges and so on to host different events that we have coming up. Um, we use the stadium to host some of our fundraising activities, which, you know, I'd like to kind of <laughs> allude to at some point. We'll, we'll talk know. about money, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, we've got our disability programmes that, that that are running, working with over 800, 900 um, young disabled um, The Down Syndrome people. football team are brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. and deaf football yeah. team, the yeah. mental health teams that we we work with. It's really, this can only be done by passionate passionate people that really care mm. about what goes on mm. in their There's a lot community. of passionate people at Palace and in South London. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. We are a passionate, you know, yeah. we're a passionate the, the, region. The, the club... Yeah, it, it drives me mad I've got a family like this all over the, the country you just assume that London is rich and they don't realise you, you, you can't walk around Croydon or the other dispos- dis- dispossessed boroughs and show you know, the two poorest boroughs in the country are yeah. in London mm. Croydon's economically deprived and the club are very aware that somebody needs to be leading the stuff yeah. helping the community and the club are very keen to and, and in the past I won't mention the name of any particular owner, but he's on TalkSport regularly. They, you know, they, they, they pay lip service because the Premier League are very good. The Premier League mm. have got very set things that clubs have to do, and the mm. clubs will do that mm-hmm. and not, not not necessarily go beyond it. Whereas at the moment, the, the people who own the club are really... Two of them are from South London. I mean, yeah. they understand it. So the club are really properly committed to it. It's, it's yeah. what it, it goes way beyond lip service and the bare minimum that yeah. you have to do yeah. It's like, yeah but with the work okay. you do you can't just pay lip service you, you have to support it you have to be all in sure. yeah you do you have to be committed to the to the cause and, and, and the cause is, is trying to have a positive impact mm. on young people's lives yeah. um, and how you, you go about that you have to be innovative you, you have to go the extra mile um, and you know you have to kind of have an understanding of participants of young people and their needs and you know a lot of that you know our guys are very professional they're they're well trained um and they're able to go out and engage with difficult groups um diverse groups um and even mainstream um um, schools so so we go right across the the right across the spectrum in terms of the the type of work and 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 yeah going to a lot of detail about the different projects and programs that we are yeah. we are we are we are running but you know we have everything from <clears throat> like i said health programs disability programs neat programs for the, those that are not in education uh employment or training 
We've got volunteering, we've got mentoring programs where we work one-to-one directly with young people to, to help first help them to see where their futures mm. want to go. And we'll always start from where the young people are at, and that's the key f- for us. You know, you, it won't be lip service if you're there listening to the young people and what they need and what they want, and you then mobilise the resources accordingly. But, but you know, it's got to the stage as well. I think Soy knows more than this. Like the council uses the club now because the, the, the council now at Palace have got some resources that they maybe haven't. So you get projects that, are, that you have to bid for, but it's like the yeah. knife the knife kind of initiative that the Palace mm. have just signed up to the council are aware that there's this great resource in the middle of the the, the borough that is willing to help mm-hmm. you know well you know how how are we can we can bring a different we can bring a different feel to these issues so health for example um we have currently um, got the 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 contract for croydon's child weight management program um our health initiative and health campaign is a, is a year-long campaign. We've, we've just recently launched our um, Healthy Smoothies Challenge. Um, where, oh, uh, I saw that on the Palace uh, 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 video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's we only just try. closed. Did, it's a shame because I would have... We did try to get <laughs> suggestions for proper healthy smoothies from our listeners, but it turned out to be the wrong audience. Guinness is a smoothie, isn't it? <laughs> technically, I think. Yeah. We're, we're, we're sending the, the message that, you know, healthy, healthy lifestyles, health, physical activity are good for you. It's good for your mental state, your well-being. Um, being physically active is, is hugely important. You know, if you can reduce things like obesity and overweight children, they have less issues as they grow up. But there's mm-hmm. enough research out there to demonstrate that if young people are obese at, you know, primary age, they go on into later years and they could have health-related issues and complications and problems that then puts strain and stress on on society more generally in the services so for us to be able to go in with the badge and help young people try and see um um, the the benefits of being healthy and uh, physically active that that can only be a a good thing like likewise we can take the badge in to work with young people that are at risk of being involved in violence for example they're not seeing a social worker they're not seeing a a teacher you know it's not the parent it's the football club it's the local club with the local badge that they can relate to Mm. and that they're seeing to help um you know wow this club cares about me and actually is listening to what i've got to say and trying to help me through through this you know and well they know that some of the players are from similar backgrounds as well like will from puncher from these the players are absolutely brilliant to be honest with you the players have done a really great job and they support the found foundation endlessly is it's only the other day i was at thornton heath high street um uh, uh launching our healthy healthy uh eagles campaign um um jason just came walking along the street to to come and surprise some young people on their on their oh. tier two weight management program and you know he he's doing this off of his off of his off of his own back you know mm. patrick VA is also very heavily involved in our healthy healthy eagles Brilliant. program even the palace ladies team are uh, some players like pam uh, are, are all involved in Amazing. in working with us and wayne hennessy and you know they they Julian Speroni. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, he's, he's a legend. World, he's a legend, isn't he? He's a he's a true legend, and you know, he's 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 forked out for you know in our disability programs, we've got um, things called power chair football, and we realised that one power chair 
for a young person is about five, six thousand pounds. Yeah. And you know, these are the the, 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 the sport the power chair sport is where they can they play football in their wheelchairs and they create teams and play other clubs. But couldn't afford the, the chairs and Speroni, you know, pops up and says, Actually, I I can help you wow. help you out here wow. and, and puts contributes funds towards towards power chairs and but when you, you see know, that, you know, you're talking <coughs> about the, the club caring you're seeing players caring. Mm. That shows you that actually, the, the, how seriously everyone takes this initiative yeah. and takes the foundation and yeah. the work you do. Yeah, but the thing is, it's 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 a drop in the ocean because really, um, a lot of our work is funded programs. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, so you get funding. It's restricted. You can only work with thirty young people, for example, mm. with the funds that are being made available. If we get match funding from another funder, we we might be able to up that and double that to sixty. But, you know, there's something like, I don't know, 400 at least neat young people in, in Croydon. And so, you know, that's a drop in the ocean in terms of neat, the funding. Yeah. Neat being uh, not in education, oh, well. oh, okay. uh, employment training, and training. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the funds that we might have that might work with these um, young people isn't enough. There's, there's, there's more to be done. And that's where we have to have a very strong and robust fundraising approach. So for... Uh, Palace fans to get involved really want to get get involved. You know there there are initiatives that we've we've got where well we remember one from last year. Yeah, the marathon march. Yeah, the marathon march. We've got that coming. We've got that coming background on the thirteenth of of October. I fully support other people's endeavours. I am not doing that again. So it's 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 really you know it's really it's really really powerful stuff. And you know we're we're privileged to be a part of it. And you know we I tell my team all the time that you know. It's, it's a really privileged position to be in to be able to help young people and be a part of you know an historical context a part of a historic club yeah you know and we are the current custodians yeah. of that so you know it's going to be here after it was here before us it's going to be here after us yeah but right in this moment we are the ones that are the custodians of of the club the foundation and the work that we're doing in the local community. So, so what other fundraising events have you got coming up that people so can get involved got, in? So we've got, this is exciting stuff really, we've <laughs> got the Ride London event. I don't know if you've got any keen Palace fans that are cyclists out there. Oh we've yeah, still, if Rob yeah. Sutton was on here, this would probably be about three hours <laughs> we long. Still, we do have, yeah, we actually, yeah. yeah. Well, I say we do, we're one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We've it's still got is, yeah. <laughs> two, two places left on our team. Uh-huh. Um, the Ride London event is on the 29th of July. Um, but those two places need to be taken up by the 25th of May. So you've got any keen cyclists out there in your uh, fan base and listeners, um, get, get involved. Come come to our, our website, see what you need to do. You know, www.it's a little plug. www.palacelife.org um, come, come to the to the site and, and get more information on that. And Ride London is where they literally ride around London. Yeah, yeah. 100 miles I might add. So, so it's not much. How did know. you work that out? <laughs> With the limited information that you had, how did you... How did you <laughs> Explaining it for the listeners. Well, also, actually, they go out in this sorry, but we won't do another one. <laughs> but the, it's like the, the Tour de France thing. The it? cycling fans, you know, it's, it's really difficult to get places on. Yeah, it's, it's not really easy. hard. So it, this is an opportunity for even if Palace fans know somebody who's been trying to get a place on there. Yeah, uh, it's a really good opportunity. Yeah, it's to get really on good there. and raising money for the foundation, so to, to, which goes to yeah. To Jeff Thomas is not doing it because it's only a hundred miles. So it's not worth getting out of bed for miles, basically. <laughs> we, we've also got our. Uh, we've spoke speaking about the the. the um, play on the pitch at, at Palace on yep. the 19th of May and um, there are still um, uh, places up for bidding um, uh, 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 on terms of the second half of that match you know we, we are kind of auctioning out 
places. Yeah. I know you guys have got a discounted. Um, got a raffle place. thing going on, which yeah. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Get, get someone involved. But, you know, yeah, anyone well, that wants yeah. to, 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 to play on that Hello Turf at, yeah. at Celeste, um, get, get in touch. Yeah. yeah. you got. Um, Legends playing yeah. along, 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 alongside you. One of them is a very volatile, unpredictable legend as well. So. <laughs> yeah, and Sasso is not bad either. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Churchich has got one of the teams. You'd be playing alongside yeah. him. You get to keep the shirt and, yeah. you know, um, you could have up to three, you know, it's the same day as the beer, beer festival. So, you know, you could have quite a big, healthy crowd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think there could be a plan for some possible mystery legends turning up as well. Some oh, still in the pipeline. Yeah. Some yeah. other players will almost certainly be there yeah, yeah that'd be good but I don't want to give yeah. too much away some no, of it's a surprise lawyer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no that's something that's you know you can, can bid, put, put the bids in and get a bid and more going for some of those spots yeah, that so would be, play, that would be brilliant not only play on the Hello Turf yeah. but the money is going to the foundation to the course. foundation yeah. to good causes to one of our many many programs that we're we're currently delivering on We've also got our, our, our uh, Marathon March, 13th of October this year. Yeah. Excellent. Last year. Very Really, good. really good. Very painful. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you know, over 100 uh, uh, people last year. We're looking at 200 this year. Whoa. AJ's going to be involved again. And um, it's a great day, that. We've already, yeah, it was a good day. We've already had as many people register their interest for this March as actually took part in the last one. Yeah. Wow. So, and it was, of, actually, we can. It, it was... Well, about 10 o'clock that evening, it wasn't fun, but it was... The, the, actual, the final four miles, it was itself, a brilliant The actual day, day itself was... Yeah. Also, I should point out as well, because people, quite a few people often ask, like, especially after the marathon march, they say, well, could we can we know specifically where the money we raise goes to? Goes to yeah. And sometimes the answer to that is no, not really, because the money is raised for the running costs and it goes towards... Because so, the thing is, you forget that we have to pay people salaries and there's, there's admin costs and all sorts of stuff. And sometimes... That, that's where the money goes to rather yeah. than specifically because a lot of the, the actual projects are grant led and are funded up in, yeah. in different ways aren't they yeah but you know you, you can always um, uh, target certain programs and projects with the with the funds to increase um, uh, scope and range and impact in terms of the amount of people that you're engaged with mm. so so if we have a program that you know some of the funding is always short term as well that's the other side of it so you know you, you, you can have funds for a certain period of time but you know how difficult it is to tell young people that the project isn't running anymore yeah, yeah. you know because the funding's run out yeah. um, and there's not much that one can do about that and you know in terms of fundraising the that is where the money goes to is to programs that are either looking to expand and grow because we believe there's a real impact or they're coming to an end and need to be continued because we know that it's having a major impact on on life so you know fundraising is a really huge i know it's where people think it's a club we're still at with a charity with a with a chosen charity with a charity arm of, of Crystal Palace um, Football Club and we want to be the, the main charity of choice for all Palace fans yeah. and so get involved get get involved and we can keep people up to speed and up to updated in many various channels and different ways in terms of what we're doing with mm. the funds and the updates on case studies of some of the young people and their journeys mm. and you know people can have a real fuzzy feeling yeah. about also, that also if you got fundraising because we're looking to use people like like Bex who makes the beautiful cakes for example her that was a good cake she, good be, cake. Yeah, <laughs> but she and, and Vicky you know, people like her will be looking to do fundraising on a because on a, sometimes all, the, the foundation has to look for big chunks of money for yeah. various things but also a, an event that raises 200 quid once a month is just as good just yeah. the money that yeah. keeps coming in and also it helps 
it's just as important telling people in the community that this exists. Mm. Yeah, but so also, you know, a lot, a lot of Palace fans, all, you know, they want to help the club and they want to help the local area, and this is one way they can Absolutely. literally yeah, get yeah. involved yeah. in doing yeah, yeah. it. I'll tell you another way that they can get involved. I mean, that that's that's direct fundraising in that regard, but there's another way that they can get involved, and that's, you know, we have a programme which is specifically geared towards the fan base in terms of, it's called Playmakers, and it's any fan out there that has a skill, um, experience, something they feel that they can offer to our young people, they can sign up as a playmaker, as a Palace for Life playmaker, and you know, come in, you can do speeches to, to kids in schools, or you can come and run um, CV workshops, or give um, talks around how to get into a particular industry, if they're in a particular industry, if they are part of a business they can and they can offer work experience placements um what we would welcome that's brilliant that. podcast that hosting experience well you know any <laughs> even like even that. people with a, an unusual skill or the, a craft or that that there might be kids out yeah. there that want to learn this that's particular yeah. thing you know, they, like yeah. carpentry ex-teachers people retired with time on their hands with mm. twiddling their thumbs there's yeah. loads of things they can do mm. to help and I know for a fact yeah. that we've got a very diverse range of people that follow FIP already we've, we, went, we met half of them down the pub before the, the, the oh, uh, you must find final. that sorry it's astonishing I mean it's not just Palace but it's astonishing the range of the range of backgrounds that Palace fans have from all classes yeah. from all different the amount of jobs yeah. that yeah. We, we, you know when the trust is being set up it's like there's more lawyers and accountants <laughs> they're all because yeah, yeah. people assume that football clubs are probably working class and for the most part they are but there's so many diverse skills and backgrounds out there yeah, with. yeah and yeah. All, yeah. much of it very very useful for for our young people and and yeah. you know it allows the the fans to feel that they're really involved not just from a football yeah. side but you know the wider community side you know we're out there seven days a week you know um whilst football takes place you know once maybe every two weeks in terms of the, the use of the pitch um the, the foundation is out there you know, seven seven days a week, so and there's many. That? Yeah, so 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 playmakers is something that. that they can get involved involved in. You you know you, you can sign up, go to the website, you can find out uh, more information. Um, so the website is palaceforlife.org. That's correct. The Twitter account is CPSC underscore foundation. Correct. There you go. <laughs> Facebook is there a Facebook as well? There is a Facebook. Palace for Life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you thought you fully re- re- prepared there, hadn't you, Jack? I've done my research. Sorry, thank you so much for coming on. No, and it's us been an absolute brilliant. pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank well, you man, very much. Maybe you come on again in the future. I certainly will. Yeah, we, did have, we had loads of questions for you, but we've managed, we've managed to ask you the questions we've, ourselves. Yeah, oh, right. Okay. We covered all the questions. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And a lot of the questions were about how the player, uh, people want to know whether the players get involved. And oh, that's, yeah. they yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, people like Damo is really, really involved in it, on it. Yeah. and that's great because some clubs, you know, contractually players often have to do like one a thing a year. But mm. our players, I tell you what, actually, we'll obviously one question we have covered most of them. But Rob Sutherland, hi Rob, hey, Rob. Yeah, we'll hey, definitely Rob. be doing Ride London. I mentioned says, "What's the most satisfying thing about working for the foundation?" For you? Um, seeing young people develop and grow, and actually beyond that, seeing staff develop and grow mm-hmm. too. So it's a it's a two way process. Um, there is I don't I don't get any pleasure more than seeing a young person come they're in a certain scenario certain situation then they think that the world is and there's no way out and the work that we do patiently steadily steadfastly with them brings them to a different place you know people like angel joshua these guys are all examples examples of that and you know you know that 
in their lives, in their careers, whichever direction they want to take, there's going to be a story they're going to tell one day that says, I actually went to Palace for Life Foundation and when I went there, that's the day my life changed. Brilliant. And that, for me, is is why we do what we do. Well, please pass on all our best to everyone who works at the Foundation as well for the Certainly. great work they do. Certainly. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Thanks for coming on. No worries at all. Um, after you. break, we're going to ask a few more of your questions and preview, well, that rather big game against Brighton at the weekend. Oh, oh. I forgot that. Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hey! Hello. Oh, hey! Hey! Uh, hey! 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 Nice. Before, before, before we move on, I saw you still here. Yeah. Was something I forgot to make. You, are you yeah. president of the Surrey FA? <laughs> no, right? I'm a trustee yeah. at the moment. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, a right. trustee at um, Surrey County it's not FA. not like me to exaggerate. But <laughs> so, you're, so you're part of Surrey County FA? I am, yes. Um, sit on the board there and oversee all football matters relating to Surrey. Wow. I got oh, a £50, pound, uh, £50 pound fine at a 10-match ban from Surrey FA yeah. when I was 15, Did you? Oh, which is 18 years ago. And I, I, oh, I right. feel like I want to... Uh, uh, appeal it now. So, appeal so, it now. so can we do that now? Oh, no, we is can't. I'm afraid. Lawyer, I mean, the injustice of it all. No, I threw the ball at the ref. I had it absolutely <laughs> coming to me. It was absolutely unacceptable behaviour. Wow. <laughs> so how did you come? How did you come to that? Then? Well, to be honest, that was something that um, it came through when I it actually started when I was at Fulham, and um, they the local county FA to 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 the club. You know, so you get involved. Very low level, really involvement. Sort of, um, I was sat on on their it was called a race and religion subgroup at the time yeah um and was looking at issues around um how we can improve um, um bme coaches across surrey and so on and that was back in 2012 and really and it's a voluntary role so it wasn't a part of the fulham setup it was just it came it began through there but it's a voluntary position right. and then they sent me on training with the fa and the pfa um around corporate governance um, and I was on there with some players like, you know, rest in peace, Ugyo Ekiok was oh, there. Right. Um, Brighton's manager, actually. Yeah, yeah. Chris was uh, on the training and a number of other ex-players were on the training and the training was designed to help increase um, diversity on boards within football because there's, you know, with the qualities as it is at the moment, they're trying to sort of um, reorientate the diversity in terms of the boards mm -hmm. that are out there. So it was a very intense training. I mean, it was over six months linked to Edinburgh University. Wow. I had to do something like a two-hour exam wow. at the end of it. Um, and um, once we'd completed and were successful, Surrey came knocking for me to apply as a trustee back in 2015. Uh, so I'd, I'd done that and um, subsequently became the first um, black uh, male on the on the board at, at Surrey. And, uh, you know, well, because um, it does, I mean, without <coughs> sounding flippant, Surrey FA does sound like the sort of organisation that would need help with its diversity, mm. doesn't it? it well, it, it, it is, but you'd be surprised because we, we are, as, a, as an FA, we, we're one of the leading FAs. We're the only... Um, county FA to have the intermediate equality standard oh, in what? the country. And, in the country? Yeah, and we went to St George's Park to, to be presented with that and all the other counties were there kind of 
So they presented us with it, and you know, they we're on the same level as the FA as uh, in terms of the standards that they've achieved. Um, so but still more to do. Yeah, yeah, there's an advanced level standard right. which um, we want to try and, uh, as a county, they want to try and get that um, before the FA does. But whether <laughs> that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But you know, it, it ties in well because yeah, it's, it's also doing equalities with the club as well, who are also embracing diversity mm-hmm. um, from a club perspective and doing a lot of work um, around incru- improving the diversity amongst um, staff and fan base. Um, and you know that, that, that sort of thing. Well, we, so. took, we had a diversity debate, I suppose, for want of a better word, a couple of weeks ago at the club, mm. which was fascinating. That's and correct. Yeah. Was, and Damo was at that, wasn't he? Damo yeah. was at that yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, was. Steph, but it's what's interesting as well. There's some issues raised that again, it comes back to the conversation we had about me not understanding mm. the life of a young black man in South mm. London. Some of the questions and issues that were raised were, like, were just real eye openers yeah. for me. And, it's like, and there was one young lad who asked this particular question about. He done his research about how few black captains there are in football, mm. like, not just black managers and black mm. chairmen. Which, but it, and it's like you think, it's never occurred to me. Mm. It's never occurred to me. And then when you, and you look at his research, and he's, he's absolutely right. And it's just like, but it's fascinating because that's why you need these events, mm. and it's, it's, it's to find out what you need to do because you don't. We take a lot of it for granted, and we and we pay. You know, I'm a good Guardian reading liberal, so you go, yeah, it's terrible. It's a problem out there, but. You, mm. You don't know what the problems are until you mm-hmm. until you go to these things and find out. And it's key, and you know, I think testament to, to Palace because you know that's the first type debate of that type that it's that it's held. Literally a debate purely about diversity and what can be done, what the issues yeah. are. And you know, panel, you were on the panel, yeah. Kevin, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, Damien Delaney being on the great. panel, he was absolutely, you know, he was phenomenal in terms of his. Uh, views, opinions, and w- the way that he saw things in terms of diversity in football. So, you know, it's it's not going away. This is the thing. It's 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 going to be here. And, you know, we just have to kind of embrace yeah. and and just move with the times, I guess. You know, yeah. but also understand that clubs are steeped in history. It's, mm. From a historical context, you have got to be realistic about the time frame these things are going to take to change. And yeah. change isn't always easy. Yeah. You know, good change is happening. Change is hell, certainly, yeah. definitely happening. You know? Good stuff. Good stuff, cool. Good. Okay, well, speaking of questions, uh, we got a question from Eagle SE24. Hi, Eagle. Hi, Eagle. Do you not like that one? That was, quite, that was okay, wasn't it? It wasn't one of your best, but, you know. <laughs> okay, anyway. In circumstances. Says, you'll let it out, me saying that it wasn't one of the best. Anyway, no, I'll leave it in, it's fine. Um, it says, I'm hoping to hear that Andy says he's relaxed on the pod tonight. <laughs> it calms me down a little because I'm anything but relaxed. Well, Andy? Just generally or in relation to Palace's prospects? Tell tell people what you sent me yesterday to help calm me down. Uh, there's only a six percent chance of us going down. That's which law. means we're ninety four percent sure to stay up. That's there legally legally that is. And did that work for you? Well, no, it's not legally. It it's probability. Well, I'm, I'm actually. Last week we said we're all in a kind of zen state of relaxation, and there's nothing we can do to change it. And that that very much helped. And yeah. also, what very much helped was looking on this bookies website, which I think we're something like nine to two to. To actually stay up, we're one to fourteen. So if so the bookies think we're staying up. Like, However, if you if you uh, are, if I, I'm not I'm not perturbed by these particular two facts. Some people might be. It's three times more likely if you go on probability that Palace will go down than it was that Roman would go through last night. Okay, and that happened. You're welcome. Second of all, 
Uh, it was an under 1% chance that the Oldham thing would happen, which you old, oldies always talk about, and that happened. Yeah, well, so that's, that's, no, no, but I know why that happened. That happened because the players did a lap of honour on the pitch mm-hmm. when we could still mathematically I think that's go how down. it works with probabilities, yeah. yeah. It does. Well, <laughs> yeah. Just if you need something to jinx it, then well, also, it increases the chance of it According to your expected golfing, we're seventh in the table. <laughs> Not eighth, actually. Oh, it was seventh this in the one. No, we've been down a place. Slipped, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have underperformed the way that we do against He's uh, obsessed Bournemouth. with this expected. Which I don't understand, sorry, but he's obsessed with his expected goals. It'd be nice to get through one podcast without expected well, goals coming up. No, I'm really, I'm, <laughs> we the have, odds of that happening are very. I'm, I'm relaxed about. We have the easiest running of any team in the Premier League yeah, and in terms also of quality playing, of opponent by not, points per game. So yeah, that's why I'm feeling so relaxed. We're not playing badly, and our record against teams outside the top six is very good. And. I, I've, even if we get a point a game 36 points will keep us up You've can I offer you another variable should might be in play should keep us up uh, from Joseph Saraman we'll probably keep hello us Joseph up. hi Joseph he says according to Eddie Howe we cheated in the first game and we were the worst team in the second only mustering a couple of attacks how lucky do you feel that we got two points from Bournemouth? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the snark dripping from that question from however far away it is he's done a he's got a very good PR people Eddie Howe He's, he's he does a very good job at selling himself as a well. I asked aff- him after the game, an affable young man. Yeah, I asked him after the game about his comments about Wilf in December, where he suggested that the FA should relook at the yeah the penalties, and he said I couldn't remember making those did he comments? Yeah, yeah. Well, blood. I've this notion of plucky little Bournemouth, you know, bankrolled by a Russian billionaire. There's not there's nothing plucky about the whole thing. And I can like the FYP pod a little bit, yeah. Bang by JCIS, although once again, JCIS an oligarch. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. He wouldn't be. You wouldn't put anything past JC. I'm going to say I will a lot more vociferously <laughs> and uh, authentically. Some of the strange people you met. Oh, we didn't meet. We didn't meet Italian Mickey, did we? Who's coming over? JC had his mate. Oh yeah, Italian Mickey. Yeah, I don't feel like I want to get on the wrong side of him. Yeah, we've. <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised to know that JC knew. Someone called Italian. Someone, someone, no, he does, yeah. but he knew some, yeah. some wealthy Russian billionaires. Shall we? Let's as get to those poor Russian billionaires. Let's get a few more questions. Okay. Um, from Giles Paley Phillips. Oh, hi, Giles. Absolutely top man, Giles. Hi, um, Giles. And an excellent child's, uh, children's book author. Absolutely. And uh, sends a lot of very positive tweets on a Friday. He does. So, yeah, yeah, good morning, absolutely everybody. Lovely. Good morning, yeah. everybody. Have a yeah. good weekend. It's really yeah. sweet. Says, he says yeah. nice yeah. things to you, so I'm not sure says how well he knows nice you. Says a lot of nice things to me, yeah. yeah so, yeah. absolute legend. Um, yeah. says, um, there's been a lot discussed about the lack of styles we've talked about in part one. We've seen Riederwald play well against teams like Man City. Why do you think Roy is not keen to throw him in for the last 10 minutes? I feel his energy in midfield would really benefit us in the closing stages. I agree with Giles. I, I think Riederwald played so well in the Man City. I think there are times when I'd like to see Riederwald start as a part of the defensive midfield cover you don't know what Roy sees in training you don't know what Roy has in mind for his you know his preferred tactics you can guess what he has in mind for his preferred tactics but you have to ask Roy Hodgson that the answer to that question I think I think it makes sense he's clearly a good player he was he was yeah, him and Davidson Sanchez were the two most sought after centre backs in European football at the age of and 19 Sanchez's and done amazing at Spurs at Spurs yeah I mean I, I think Everything everything you hear from the club is that he's not considered a centre-back in the making, that he's going to be a defensive midfield player. But it's amazing to me. I mean, it might be that, that the manager thinks he can't do that for 10 minutes. It's difficult to ask somebody to come on and do that for 10 minutes. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it, they're all good questions. But we all... I think sometimes we probably should remind ourselves that Roy may possibly know no, a, little, a, bit a little bit more about... It'd be a pretty short podcast, that, though, wouldn't it? 
So what do you think the match were? Well, I'll say manager, yeah, yeah, Hodgson. No, but it's too late. See you next week. But again, it comes again. It would be nice every now. It'd be nice to hear Roy explain why he doesn't. Yeah, but well, he did say about the yeah, lack of defensive options. Yeah. But um, briefly, then, for the last question on this part before we preview that Brighton game, uh, Boo. Palace. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Fossil. Andy, you picked this up earlier today that Palace have had planning permission not accepted, but preferred, or what? what how, how is it announced? How is it said? You just don't listen to anything I ever say, do you? No. Uh, I, I've not read it in detail, actually, but my understanding is that the planning committee who deal with the permissions have had it recommended to them by reports that they should approve planning permission for the new stand subject to various conditions, oh, okay. which is a pretty big step. That is, the planning permission hasn't yet been approved, and even when it is approved, it'll be subject to all sorts of conditions. But it's a, it's a first hurdle that's been surmounted, which is great news. Is there an appeal stage... Are there appeal stages at all levels of these processes? Are you really sure you want to get me into talking about judicial review? No, I will. I will talk about that for half an hour. I'd like you to say yes. No, you can't because you've got to go IKEA. That's a very good point. I'll be be walking around the house talking to myself about judicial review procedure. Straight yes or no. You looked like a madman. Um, Straight yes or no. Come on, you I rescinded my question, Your Honour. No further questions. Were Palace have it turned down? There's routes that they could take if it's approved interested parties who are local so I, could could theoretically challenge it legally whether or not they would who knows I meant sorry that's what I meant more for residents can they appeal against the uh, there's currently an objection stage where people if they have that's, comments right. can put them in and if they raise genuine planning law issues then they'll be considered yeah. but it's not just a matter of, me, of, of someone going don't like the look of that yeah, don't fancy not, it I mean it's got to have yeah, sort of to, genuine to, connotations to it, yeah. um, well that's good the, it, the, Planning consents can be challenged in the courts if people want to do that. I'd be surprised if that happens here. You never know. You never know. But the the main next stage is the the hopefully uh, permission being granted by Crawling Council. There's all sorts of, we're talking about the community earlier, obviously. If you read through the documents, and please don't, they're really boring. But if you read through the documents of of what's been put online most recently, there's all sorts of stuff that Palace are going to have to, by mandate of Crawling Council, invest in locally, like new bus shelters on the Whitehorse Lane. Um, new sort of road crossings, all sorts of stuff to help regenerate little bits of the local area, which is good news as well. Um, well, so I think there's talk of the club voluntarily wanting to sort of spruce up the walk from Thornton Heath Station to the oh, okay. to the ground to have a sort of presence along the high road. Yeah, just, that's just nice. with and they've agreed with TFL they're going to yeah. invest in cycle lanes locally yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's all sorts of obligations that Palace will probably have on yeah. them to I've help the community around the stadium rather than just in the stadium. The, so mod- that's great. the model in reception, the model of the stadium is really cool. <laughs> it's properly cool, isn't it? Sorry, that's yeah, a good, it's just, it's really cool. Good. It's a cool stand, isn't it? It does. Yeah. It looks great. I'm expecting yeah. to see it on your door when I come <laughs> in. One day. Did you put that <laughs> under your <laughs> coat, Kevin? Uh, okay, well, that's the next that stage. Might, that might be the tattoo from we stay up then. Oh, there we go. We'll, uh, we'll get to that another point. That's the next stage of the planning permission, yeah. and the next stage of the podcast is to preview the Brighton game um, after this break. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fogelman Podcast. Hey. Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board you need. Go to Vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. And don't forget to get involved with the Wolf Power t-shirt giveaways. I will. 
I will. I will. Nice. Uh, go on to our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, get involved there. We're also sponsored by JCIS for global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. I will. Nice. And Palace are playing Brighton on Saturday. When the fixtures came out at the start of the season, I hoped, Kevin, this would be the game where we sent them down. Really Obviously, did. that's not going to happen now. You said that out loud, didn't you? We said it out loud at the start of the season. You I said think. it out loud. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's Do you know why that was a stupid thing to think, though? Why? Well, because West Brom have had an abject season and they're not mathematically down yet. Yeah. You'd have to have such a bad season to be relegated this early in April. Yeah. Even Sunderland weren't relegated this early yeah, in the year. It's true. Okay, so I have a quick, we have a few questions about Brighton and this one is, is for the whole pod. It's from Samet Chismasini. Hi, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. I apologise, Sammy, because I do say that wrong every week. It says, gutted it's almost me... like you should take the opportunity to perhaps ask him how you pronounce it. I, I did actually on Twitter and he didn't reply. I think maybe he likes me just butchering it every week. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, he says, gutted I'll be missing the game due to my wife's birthday. I, so many people seem to be missing. There's a mate of ours, his wife accidentally booked him a cruise. <laughs> Someone, someone on the podcast. Well, one he accidentally not going. <laughs> so, so, so he spent a lot of time on the trip. That last sounds week. intentional though, because that's like yeah. the one thing that you he's, literally can't get the game. Yeah, well, he's, he spent a lot of time last week while we were away in Poland, emailing the cruise company to say, could they possibly stay in dock an hour later? <laughs> so, but we know somebody else is not going to the game. Somebody in the pod is not going. Well, for some sometimes reason. work takes precedent over yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. Fun. So. Yeah. It won't be fun. Who's having fun? No, no none one. of us will be having fun. Yeah, I won't be there, but I'll be elsewhere. Um, so, anyway, Sam here says, uh, had to sell my ticket. Is it bad if I have an earphone in one ear listening to it on the radio while we're out? Oh, oh and she hates football. Will I be put in the doghouse for that? Well, yeah, just cope with it. Listen to it in the doghouse. Is there a signal in the doghouse? That <laughs> That's fine. What's his, his wife's birthday? Birthday, yeah. She's had plenty of those. Might be, might be a special one. Might be a special one. Could have a note at the end of it. Special, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that if you're going out the whole day to celebrate, the answer is it's fine to have a head. My answer is, I, I would. Mrs. Day's answer might be different, but of course it's fine to have. Why don't you? Right. You know, you've got those earpod things now for the, the uh, iPhone. <laughs> that they don't even look that much like earphones. And she'll probably be used to your slightly vacant looks back uh, <laughs> if that's the relationship you've got where you've got to miss the Palace match for her birthday. So just put in one earpod and pretend it's a fashion accessory. I don't, You're welcome. I don't know how many people could pull that off. What do you reckon? So earphone in or out? Uh, earphone out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Sawyer is a good person. <laughs> I am not. Okay. Um, Jesse Morris won. Also, Hi, I think... I think the idea that you're asking us for advice on potential marital problems is we're not the right people to give you advice on whatever. What are you, what are you saying? Well, to be fair, I, I need, I'm getting married in six weeks, so I maybe these are all sort of tips that I should be looking out for and taking notes. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe not. Jade Morris won. Hi, Jade. Hi. Says, uh, Brighton's running. Us, Tottenham, Burnley, Man U, Man City, Liverpool. Mm. Will we overtake them? Are they safe from relegation? Uh, the answer to the first question is possibly the answer to the second question is yes I'd say we'll go level with them on points when we beat them on Saturday it's a tough run in though isn't it I think the annoying thing is that had Arsenal not turned up and given one of the most insipid Arsenal performances even by their standards in recent years I think Brighton probably would have gone down 
if Arsenal turn up and done a job and, and won that match. I think that's going to be the difference between them Absolutely, staying up yeah. and going down, unfortunately. But I think they've probably just about got enough on the board now, being on what? Were they on 34, 35? I don't know. They're on 34. 34. Yeah. yeah, so I think they've probably just about got enough to squeak over the line by maybe getting one, more, one or two more points in the five games they've got. Okay. Will Gascoigne? Hi, Will. Says, what sort of reception do you think Murray will get on Saturday? Will you personally clap or boo? That sounds like you're going to follow him around clapping him. Uh, will you personally clap or boo? Uh, well, the ideal scenario is that I'd be perfectly happy if he scores from a penalty at the end when we're 4-0 up. No, 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 take that back, please. I would, I would, if, I'd be, I'd have been happy if he hadn't tweeted about, you know, how happy he was that they beat us in the FA Cup. But I don't think there's any point. I know from experience, there's no point booing him at the start because he would inevitably then do something to upset us. But it was applauded yeah. at the end of the game that we had down there. Yeah, even, though, even though he scored in the last minute. Uh, was it that one that he was applauded in? Or was Maybe, it or the other one? Okay. I think it's the other one. Um, but he's already had a round of applause from Palace fans and I think oh, even I think playing for we'll Brighton. We, we applauded Steve Cup when he came back managing that lot. Yeah, there are some people that get away with it. Well, Steve, I thought he will get so carried away. I mean, this day and age, players... Yeah, they move about so often. It's, you, you lose track of, you know, inevitably somebody in the pub will go, oh, so-and-so's back to the game. Oh, they, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with us for six months. It's like, yeah, but Murray, you know, made yeah. a big impact at Palace. Yeah, he did. He's made a big impact at Brighton, he's to be fair well. as well. Yeah, he's so. done very well. So you kind of think, I hope that people wouldn't boo him. I'm not going to give him a round of applause. I'm not going to boo him. Well, that's, we didn't boo him. You're not going to boo him because you went Melton Kings. <laughs> watch the MK Dons. I'm not going <laughs> to boo him. I'm not going to boo him from yeah. 110 miles away. Oh, well done for you. Although Ashley Young got all sorts of trouble, didn't he? For, for, he wasn't, well, a, he wasn't even an ex-Palace player. No, it was for a dive six years ago right, or something. Start, yeah. Never let it be said that Palace fans don't have <laughs> disproportionate <laughs> grudges over extraordinary long times. Um, Mallet82. Oh, hi, Mallet. Hi, Mallet. Says, what are the chances that Murray will score an own goal for a 1-0 win on Saturday? Pray emoji. Oh, I don't know what the odds are on that, but it'd be... Let's not focus on... <laughs> I reckon less than six percent. So it's probably more likely that we'll go down than it is that Glenn Murray will score an own goal in a one-nil win for Palace. I think there is an issue here, and I'm sure Roy is aware of it. You know, Roy's a Palace fan. He's one of the managers that we've had who's very aware how important the game is. You know, with Ruben Loftus Cheek has been telling people that he's been told how important the game is. We need. You don't want them getting ten getting too te- you don't want them to, you know the occasion to become too big if it, yeah 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 it's a very of course it's an important game and it's the most important result of the season but at the same time in the context of where we are I'd I'd take a I'd personally I'd take a point from every game because that will keep us up so it's like we, I don't you know if we lose it would be a bad result full stop not just because it's bright and I think you don't want the players being going out there thinking oh for the love of god we have to win this because the fans will be devastated if we don't and the yeah. fact is that Brighton's away record is pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Our home record against poor teams is is pretty good. Yeah, under Brighton. I, I think we're playing decent enough football. They've got they've got there are a couple of players short for injury and red card. Well, speaking yeah. of players injured, then uh, Andy, if Benteke is fit, and we haven't had confirmation because he was away, we think he might be. He would be without last week. He might be, be back. Yeah. Be would Would you start him? Yes. Cool. <laughs> no, but I'll, say, I'll, I'll elaborate. I'll, on say, that. I'll say what I say every week. Possibly not, but he will. I, I would start him because that system he played at Bournemouth, this sort of it's almost like a narrow four-two-two-two. It works against teams who either press high or play three at the back or leave gaps. Brighton are going to play deep. It's going to yeah. need a yeah. target man to yeah. at times go direct to. And assuming that Sirlot isn't available and therefore not, not an option there, and even then I wouldn't put him into that game. I don't see what else he can do. I mean, you, you, you're not going to put 
uh, Loftus Cheek as a nine for some inexplicable reason. Some fans thought he was playing in that manner against yeah. Bournemouth, even though he wasn't. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't be playing him as a nine against against Brighton. So realistically, Benteke's fit, even though he's had some pretty bad travails this season, hasn't scored as many goals as he should have done. <coughs> well, also Brighton, you, you play him. Brighton's two centre backs who started the season really, really well made a couple of mistakes recently. Mm-hmm. It looks like the long seasons getting to their getting into the legs. I think Benteke's confidence will be take a massive uh, boost from from starting the game because it's and it's clear that I think that Roy will will start him. And I I wouldn't have that. To, and I have to say to him to his credit, I watched the chance he missed the Townsend one that I thought I accidentally saw it the other night. The one I thought was we talked about it being completely on it was behind him. It was a complete, the second one, the so second one, yeah, back. yeah, it was behind. It was a much harder chance, and at the time, I thought it was a mm. complete and utter sitter. It, it, it wasn't, and his, his, the rest of his play is quite good. So yeah, I, 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 it's academic because if he's fit, he'll start. In, in the that. pantomime of Palace, this this is the game that a striker like that comes back and suddenly scores a couple. If he scores, and it's all okay. If again. he scores two goals and ends up with four goals this season, people say that good old. That's that he's that what a player. He's, we okay. must keep him. You can get 81 to 1 on uh, Christian Benteke scoring a hat trick on. So <laughs> a hat trick? Only 81 to 1. Right. Okay. File on. Final You're question. Welcome. And I'm going to have to sorry for, first for this one. It's from Travels with Mike. Hi, Travels. Hi, Travels. Says, I'm off camping in the Australian Outback over the weekend. If we lose. Is anybody going to sell us part? <laughs> <laughs> is he offering soy a season ticket or something? <laughs> so if we lose, is it worth coming back or should I just stay there? It's no, come back. <laughs> you, must, you must, you must come back. You know, um, come back to your family. Keep the faith. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, so keep, keep the faith. Keep the faith. You know, <laughs> well, unless he lives in Australia. Oh, I don't know. The fact is, even if we, even if we lose, we could still well be out the bottom three. Yeah. We still have four very winnable games. I'm loving this positivity. Well, you have to look. It's no. It's just because Streety's forced me into be, being a grown up and looking at logical things like facts. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> logical ever fun. I know, but it's not fun. But it's like it's still we've we've still got four games to get the. I think five points. Yeah. Will probably be more than enough. Southampton's running is tricky. <laughs> With our goal difference, it's hard to see Stoke. So I don't see Stoke making that up on us. And I'm, for for the for in purposes of karma, who is listening here, I don't say impossible. Hard to see that happening. Impossible. Southampton's away form is is dick. Uh, Brighton, Brighton have got a terrible run in. Huddersfield have got a terrible run in. So this this would be, of course, it'd be a shocking result. But it'd be a shocking result if we lost to Watford at home, or if we were playing Burnley and we lost to them at home. Or yeah. we, we, both of those things we have done. Yeah, I know, but they would be not not Burnley. This year, but they would. Well, in fact, we beat both last, those teams, didn't we? We lost Burnley last season. Yeah, last season we did, yeah. yeah. But that, but you know, that, well, that seemed like a shock. Well, I mentioned that. When we went into that Burnley game, we were saying, this is a game we have to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hadn't won away all season, and we lost and we still two there when we stayed up. So yeah. it's, it's of course, it would be the most fantastic thing, but it would be more fantastic in terms of the context, the three points. And yeah. I, would, I would, if we take a point, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Good stuff. I think I would too. So yeah. there we go. Let's end the pod there on a nice positive, uh, positive part. So sorry, thanks for coming on the pod. Well, no, no, thank you very point. much for having me. Absolutely it was a great legend. fun. I was just pointing that's not that positive, saying that I would take a point at home against the Red <laughs> 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 The way no, you were saying no, it yeah, sounds positive. Thank you. You were doing right. in a positive kind of Say thank you to Soy again, because I really just thank you. 
Well, not only, not only thank you for coming on, but thank you for the work you do for the foundation and all your colleagues as well. And uh, yeah, come on again and check in with us and let us know how you're getting on. I certainly will. Thanks, Hot man, Andy. I'm off to IKEA, so <laughs> yeah. Thanks Enjoy very much. Yeah. Yes, thanks so much for listening. We're back with you after that Brighton game at the weekend, so look out for that. And uh, that's it. Keep the faith. See you again soon. Bye. Podcast Network.